0: Hello everybody, it's Nathan Judah from the Express and Star Wolves podcast. It's episode 244 and this week Mr Liam Keane discusses his exclusive interview with technical director Scott Sellers and also provides an update on Ruben Neves' future with Wolverhampton Wanderers. Hope you enjoy leading the site Liam Keane, exclusive Wolves Technical Director Scott Sellers on Foes and Funds in the Future. I believe that Mr Keane, you had a sit-down with the one and only Scott Sellers, so you can tell us a bit about it, please.
1: I did. I did indeed. Um, and it was very good. It really was. Um, it was a, an opportunity for me, uh, the first opportunity for me to, to interview um, one of the, the leading members of the Wolves hierarchy. i um, been fortunate enough to, to meet some of them throughout the last few months, but to Actually, have a sit down and and, uh, and chat with them is good. Uh, I think just on a very sort of basic and, and obvious point, really, having this kind of communication is is important. Uh, and hopefully, I'll be able to bring more of that uh, going forward as well. Because I think, regardless of whether fans like what they hear, sometimes, and it's not always going to be the case, um, you have to have. Some sort of communication, uh, and and that's important. So at
0: the top level, absolutely, definitely, definitely.
1: Um, And and Wolves have um, I've done that sporadically, and hopefully uh, it can become a more sort of regular thing as well. So uh, this this piece that's on there at the moment, I think it's about seventeen hundred words off the top of my head. Um, It's it's a a long old piece, Um, and it's more of a sort of feature really in in the way I've put Mm. it together. But I suppose the, the best way to sum it up would be. It, it, it really is a, a look through as, as to what the, the job of a technical director is, um, mixed in with some chat about the academy and, and, and how they work on transfers etc um, I think for the most part I th- read, read in context it, it's fairly good news I, th- I think for Wolves fans um, if you read through the context, read through uh, exactly what is being said about how they have a strategy and a philosophy in place we, we already knew that but to hear him talking about it openly is, is um, I think, refreshing. To be honest, um, there's a couple, I think, points to, to pick up on. Um, m- namely, the the sort of transfer committee um, is the way. Yeah, I've this has become it.
0: like a bit of a uh, bit of news to people, I guess that the wolves the wolves do do go by committee. I think they've done that for some time though, haven't they, Liam? Yeah, maybe I, it's the I, first time it's come out in the open.
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure it is. I'm I'm, I'm sure that was. People were aware of that under... Um, I believe there was a, a similar structure with Nuno, although he's a very different character to Bruno. Um, yes. But I, uh, I, I'm i certain that, that this was was okay. brought up uh, much earlier. But I think there's, there's one sort of standout quote um, from Scott that I think fans are getting sort of hung up on, which I'll just quickly read. Um, please, please go ahead. He says, I don't want to sign players that he, meaning Bruno doesn't want, and I don't ever want to sign players that he wants and I don't want. It's very much a team decision. Um, so I think some of the, the criticism from Wolves fans there is to say, well, you know, Bruno is the manager, he, he plays um, the team, he chooses the team, he should be choosing what players, etc, etc. Why? Is, I, I suppose accusing Scott of, of running the club, and uh, etc. So, um, I think some of it I can understand some of the concerns when, rightly so, a football manager should have a big say in football decisions because he's ultimately the one that will get sacked if, if something goes sure. wrong. He's ultimately yeah. the one that makes the, the big decisions on the pitch. Um, but I think some of the criticism is a, a little bit unfair. Um, it's been... I think you have to understand the way modern football works these days. Uh, this is a, a, a modern structure and approach that Wolves have and it's one that Every top club has. There was. I don't think you can name one top club where the manager is the only person who has a say in signings. It's just not a reality. There's there's a reason why managers, most of them these days are called head coaches, not managers, and there is a small, distinct difference in the uh, in in the roles, and it mainly comes down to recruitment, as far as okay. I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the model has worked so far for Wolves. They, they're very clear in what they want, they often bring in young players that have both room to grow as a player and room to grow as a you know monetary value doesn't mean they're always sold but there is, there is a, a two-pronged attack there so to speak um, and you also have to think that Wolves as a business, and that's what football is, it's a business, and I think sometimes the emotion um, that fans feel, rightly so because it's their club and they, and they have ownership over it and they should do, um, but that Emotion clouds the judgment sometimes. That football, whether you like it or not, is a business, um, and businesses need structure. That needs to come from the top down. They need to know. Everyone needs to know what their jobs are and what they're doing. And what I, I, what is the biggest turnover in a football club in terms of staff? It's often the manager. Now, clubs like Wolves, I think, have done it fairly well. I say have done it fairly well. They had they did do it fairly well with with Nuno before that. Of course, managers came and went fairly often but for one example Nuno, he stayed for four years um, other clubs eight, every 18 months, every 6 months you look at Watford, they've had three managers this season You know, Wolves have to have that structure in place behind the scenes because if they have one manager calling all the shots with players and transfers and then he leaves whether it's a sacking or whether it's uh, God forbid a personal issue or something mm-hmm. and the manager has to leave Wolves are left with a with a team and a structure and a philosophy that isn't theirs and they don't know what to do with. And the next manager coming in is going to suffer for that. So I think you have to understand that there has to be a, not only a business structure but a football structure behind the scenes of a way Wolves want to play, a way Wolves want to uh, do business, bring players in, sell players on, that has to run through the club. And it does through the academy and through the, the women's team, of course, as well. And that has to be there regardless of whether the manager's there or not. Um and also, I, I apologize, I know I'm rambling a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people have focused only on the second part of that sentence, which is Scott Sellers saying, I don't ever want to sign players that he wants and I don't want. Mm. But you have to think, think about the you know, <laughs> the first part of that sentence, which is right there in front of you, that says, I don't want to sign players that Bruno doesn't want. Yeah, that It, it goes both ways. Wolves are not bringing players in regardless of... Of what, of what Bruno says they come to a collective decision they're not going to turn around and say we've got Joe Bloggs over here we're going to bring him in for 20 million he's a, a right back and Bruno says well I've got two right wing marks I don't need him or he's a right winger I, I don't like the profile of the player which is the way Bruno likes to describe it I don't like what he brings that he doesn't suit my team and Wolves aren't just going to go then and bring him in there has to be a discussion there." Um, and one side, whether it's Bruno's or the other side, they may compromise, they may, may They may come to a decision. And you have to remember as well, it, it's been well documented that Bruno, in in uh, particularly in the summer transfer window, um, plenty of names were put to him from the scouting department through the hierarchy to say, look, could you potentially be interested in this player? And Bruno turned them down. He said, no, I don't want that player. And Wolves didn't sign that player. So he's not having players forced upon him, but he's also not having... <clears throat> the total control and the 100% final decision on everything it has it's to work together and it, 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 it's a very difficult balance to have and I could understand mm. where concerns come from but I just wanted to explain that because I think it gets a little bit lost in the emotion
0: yeah and, and fair play for, for Scott for doing it as well I it's, agree um, yeah. it's um, you know you very rarely have this amount and look, you'll be there'll be there'll be some more stories coming out. I think Liam over over the next week or so. He did, really did go into depth with you and, and spent a lot of time. I think about about everything, and I think sometimes that's important. You got to give him credit. Now I know a lot of people give Scott Sellers a little bit of stick because it's maybe sometimes an easy target, and the fact that he got promoted so quickly to where he is now. But at the end of the day, he's a, a football guy who knows who knows the business inside out. If if Wolves have won that game, and I know it sounds silly, but if Wolves have won and be in Leeds, and Ruben Neves hasn't got injured, then I think maybe people might not be um, so so quick to kind of jump on jump on the back to some of some of this interview because Wolves would be seventh, and they'd be looking good for a potential European place. Uh, it's it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult, and it's just timing. I think of everything. Uh, but Ruben Neves is injured, Liam, and then, of course, people are going to go straight back to, well, look, this the midfield was the was absolutely 100% where they should have strengthened in the summer, didn't quite happen. Midfield was where they wanted to strengthen in January, didn't quite happen, but they've kept on going with Neves and Moutinho, Neves and Moutinho, Neves and Moutinho and Dendonka, and luckily enough, they've all stayed fit until now. And so there's obviously a frustration there with recruitment um, leading into this, isn't there?
1: Yeah, certainly, I, I can share those frustrations as well. Me and you have spent hours on this podcast and in videos after games talking about the size of the squad this season, and I think we both agree that Wolves needed to sign a midfielder. Um, I can understand the arguments that they say, well, you know, Luke Kunder wouldn't have got that opportunity. And in fact, there is, um, Scott Seller speaks at length about Kundal in my in my pieces out right now, um, about, you know, had I signed a 28-year-old midfielder, Kundal wouldn't have played and got his opportunity at Spurs. Um I can understand the argument, but I, I still, for me, in terms of depth and quality in depth, I've I that felt, felt the Wolves needed a midfielder, and it's just bad luck, of course, um, that, that Ruben's been injured, um, and sometimes you can't account for that. But it's going to get thrown back in your face by by fans, understandably so, when, when you haven't signed one. So um, again, the the recruitment and um, I suppose the. The amount of money spent, I think fans have been unhappy with the the lack of signings, particularly in, in January and and maybe the, you know towards the end of, of the summer when they went for your likes of Sven Botman and Renato Sanchez and, and didn't quite bring them in. Um, Wolves have a structure, as I say, they have a way of working in in terms of the south being self sustaining and, and and generating revenue to to spend on the on the team. And they're not going to move away from that, whether whether people like it or not. I think an important quote to read out here um, from from Scott is to say, over time, we have developed a shared philosophy that is right for Wolves, and will not risk the club's future by veering away from that model in pursuit of short-term games at the expense of long-term stability. So, mm-hmm. a big part of the of the early uh, parts of this feature that I did um, is about that battle between short-term success and long term st- stability and, and Wolves want to be ambitious and go places they want to you know improve and, and move up the league but they're not going to go out and spend two, three hundred million in in the summer and potentially you know, jeopardise the club moving forward whether you like it or not it's just the way that they're yeah. going to <clears throat> run the business and I think history tells us that so far it has worked there's an argument to say that you know are wolves really going to be able to push on um, without a bit more um, spending or investment. There's that, certainly that argument there to have, but I think right now you have to to look at the the climate following COVID and and, and there's plenty of examples out there of teams. You know, you look at Everton have spent what I think the figure was 500 million in the last few years, something along those lines, and, and they're absolutely dreadful. So um, it, it's a it's a very calculated approach it's one that fans aren't going to be happy with all the time but I think you're right had Wolves beaten Leeds it wouldn't quite be going down the way it is at the moment and I think I think um, you have to just trust the process for the time being uh, if Wolves go through the summer with very little turnover in players I, I think I would share the, the same concerns there has to be at least you know, two or three first eleven signings for me I think
0: it's um, difficult, it's difficult, Liam, yeah. because, you know, I can understand it. And I think it was, was was one of the quotes saying, you know, I'm not going to bankrupt the club yes, to move up yeah. two places in the league. Now, I, I get that. And, of course, you don't want to, you know, there's a lot of clubs who have who have gone and spent money in the short term or tried to gain short-term success. And if it hasn't worked out, then, you know, they've fallen, they've fallen off a cliff. And I get that. But at the same time, you know, you know you've know, you got Jeff She at the same time talking uh, talking in an interview with the Chinese media saying he's where does he see Wolves in five years time I'd like I think as one of the best clubs in the world um now I think that's talking more as a brand than than on the pitch but at the same time you've got to have success on the pitch to be to be to be talked about as one of the best clubs in the world so you know you've got one hand you've got Jeff saying this on the other hand you've got Scott Sellers say well we're not going to move up two positions to bankrupt the club where's 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 the middle ground here? What, what are they looking to, to do? Because we've talked previously on the podcast saying, Wolves might not have got a better chance of European football this season with the position they put themselves in. Now, they were probably ahead of the game to where they thought, under Bruno and, and with a lack of investment in the squad during the summer. And this was the time to hammer it home. And I think there was a couple of questions that came into me you know last week saying, "Oh well, what do you think now about your ramble Nathan, you know, about about not strengthening in the summer because of not strengthening in January because look where we are now." Well, this is the situation now where you think could one or two extra additions, I'm not saying bankrupt in the club, have 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 kept Wolves right in this European race to 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 make this club a perennial European contender, to make the best players in this club stay longer, I, you know, Ruben Neves, et cetera, is this are these the reasons why wolves are falling slightly short at this moment in time? And you've got the chairman saying one thing, you've got your technical director probably saying the same thing but in a different way. I can understand why some of the fans are venting and are frustrated frustrated and and are slightly confused.
1: Yeah, and I and I can understand it. The the reality is that um wolves they they just will not go out and spend one fifty, two hundred million um net at least uh, on 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 bringing new players in you know let's say hypothetically Ruben Neves goes for 60 70 million in the summer that gives Wolves more of a of a license to to spend i suspect they'll spend more this summer than they did, they did last summer for various financial and ffp reasons now they're, they're beyond that that hurdle um but you know they're not going to bring in six seven first team or or first eleven players um they they prefer a smaller squad They'd like to bring young players through. They'd like to bring in some young talent, you know, your likes of Jota, Neves, who I know would play Champions League football, but were nowhere near the types of players they are now um, when they first signed for Wolves. Nothing, Neto, sorry, uh, Jota, Neves, and then Neto, of course, I think is another example. Bringing those kind of players in, making them better. In Jota's Jota's case, they they were sold on for, for a healthy profit. In the other two they're, they're much better players than they are now and of course they may leave wolves at some time in the future but for now they're wolves players um, that's the that's the model um, you wolves you, you know it's very rare wolves are going to bring in I don't know a 30 year old player for 25 30 40 million they'll bring a player in who's 2122 they'll bring the Chiquinho, um, and and they chip away at the squad uh, it's not going to be it's not going to be an overhaul and it comes down to the system again as well wolves are let's say hypothetically Wolves brought in Bruno in the summer and he decided right I'm playing 4-4-2 um, I'm not veering away from that and we're going to have to change the recruitment accordingly Wolves probably would have lost 2, 3, 4 maybe 5 of their first 11 players mm-hmm. who don't quite suit the other system or at least suit that system better and they, they'd they have had a big turnover in players um, in the summer and it's just not the, it's just not the way they, they do it They're going to have this structure and philosophy that they're running through uh, through the club. They think well, so far it's brought them success. They think it's going to bring them even more success, and they're going to carry on doing it whether whether fans like it or not. Um, And I think you have to just take a take stock really of of and just remember that football is a business. Um, It's it's not the most romantic way of of describing it, but it's it's reality that um, there's plenty of examples of clubs who've throw money at it, and have gone into the the dark depths of the football league, and gone into administration and etc. I know it's dramatic to say that, but wolves are at, uh, any clubs at danger of, of doing that uh, if they spend um, willy nilly, if they just throw money around. And the wolves wolves won't do that. It's just not the way they work. They're going to be self sustaining. They're going to make their own money to spend on the team and um, and, and try and go places from there.
0: Right, thank you Liam. Um, look we're going to be we're going to be hearing a lot more from Scott Sellers in the future, I'm sure in the next couple of podcasts. But you know, I think I think look at the end of the day it's it's great that you got to sit down with him and and there's plenty more to come on that front. Exclusive to the podcast, Liam, you've got something to say on a certain uh, player, uh, a midfield maestro, uh, the the star of this side. Uh, and obviously currently injured Mr Ruben Neves You did discuss him at length What's the? What's some of the news to come out of, of that chat?
1: Yes So um, today being uh, Friday the 25th of March for Friday the
0: who, 25th of March, correct
1: for, any, for anyone who may be listening at a later date Or, or whatever um, This in writing will be out uh, on the website uh, a bit later uh, this evening. Uh, again, it's Friday it the twenty fifth of March. Preview. I like it. I like <laughs> it. a little bit of a so, exclusive. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but I'll, I'll discuss it here now with you. So, um, yes, spoke to, to Scott about about Ruben. Of course, he's one of the the biggest um, names really and talking points with Wolves. He's on t- by the summer. He'll have two years left on his um, on his contracts. Y- you don't want it to. Give us memories of of Adama Traore, uh, of course, who had two years left in in the summer uh, last year, uh, and of course we all know where that happened, what happened with him. So, um, as it stands, Wolves are in talks with Ruben Neves uh, over a new contract.
0: Boom,
1: boom. Um, they of course want to keep him. He is a massive player for them, and and they want to they want to time down to a new deal, and and, and those talks are happening, and. Wolves are in a, a good position um, in the sense that they've had a good season so far. He loves playing for Wolves. He loves being at the club. Doesn't mean that Wolves are going to hold on to him. Um, but I think Wolves are in a fairly good position with him, uh, better than Troye. And that's just that's coming from me, not from not from Scott. That's my uh, my personal opinion. But with um, with the good news, always comes a bit of a caveat sometimes. Um, in that, and, and I think this is fairly obvious anyway, but Scott spoke fairly openly um, about the situation and, and also admitted that you know there's going to be interest in Ruben this summer from top clubs across Europe. I think we you can you can name probably ten clubs off the top of your head that I think I personally think that he would fit quite nicely into. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking at some of the quotes and analysing really what what Scott said, um, they're very pleased with how he's playing. Um, they they feel that you know him and and the and the staff and Bruno have really kicked on um, with his development and his and his style this this year after what was a, what was a, a fairly difficult season for him last year. He said we're obviously talking to him. That's in terms of the contract. We know how much he loves playing for the club. He's settled here, but he's ambitious. Um, and of course he's you know he's 25. He's been courted by uh, by big clubs in the past. He's had a wonderful five years. What well, this is his fifth, of course, with with Wolves. Um, and there was always going to come a point where, you know, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of interest and, and they're expecting it. You know, they have an open dialogue with him. He's representatives. They want to come to the best scenario for for the club and for the player. But and this is a quote now, rightly so. Elite clubs all over Europe will have Ruben on their radar, but we have an excellent relationship with him and we'll do things properly and collaboratively when the time is right. Uh, it also goes on to say that. Ruben regardless of the talk about his future and, and other clubs has, has always been fully committed to the project as uh, as Scott phrases it um, he's always been fully committed to Wolves and, and they don't see that changing regardless of whether he stays or not up until the, the moment he does leave um, when that day does come so um, yeah the, the headline really is that Wolves are in talks with him over a new deal they want to keep hold of him which of course is, is obvious uh, he's, he's a wonderful player but they're almost bracing themselves, I think it's probably fair to say, um, for, for plenty of interest in, in him. And as the, the contracts hmm. wind down, uh, or the years wind down, of course, as I say, he's two years left, um, that becomes more difficult to hold on to a player, doesn't it? Um, just one final point on this, and yeah. this is this is coming from me uh, and my personal opinion, uh, You know, having worked in football and, and dealt with contracts, that um, a lot of the time contracts aren't, and the length of them aren't quite as important as... As fans feel or fans think, um, a player can be signed to a five-year contract. But if a if a club comes in and it puts the the, the owner, the, the you know the club who he, who he plays for in a, a better position, but if a Man City comes in and offers the right money or money they can't turn down, the right valuation, and the player wants to go, um, it doesn't matter if he's got five years or if he's got six months left in his contract. Uh, that play will potentially go. So um, I think it's important just to, to keep track of that um, and keep stock of that. But the the good news is that the Wolves are in talks with Ruben Evers over a new deal.
0: Yeah, so the contracts there, and I'm sure there'll be a bit of toing and throwing, and, and you can understand that. Look, he's he's absolutely integral to this side, and you can understand it from his point of view. He's 25 years old, like you said, Liam. He's gonna this this next contract he signs, and yes, the contract length may be not so significant as what it used to be. However, if Ruben never signs a four or five year deal with Wolves or three year con, three year extension, I don't think. For any second that he'll be leaving this summer, so to speak. If yes, game, oh, yeah, one I ch- yeah, certainly agree with that. Yeah, definitely. So you know, you yes, you are, and at the same time, you're you're kind of locking yourself into what what if he does go at some point in the future and it's one more year, you're getting absolute maximum value on on some kind of a transfer fee.
1: Again, now, uh, uh, yeah, they're two they're two very they're very important points um, because, as I say, yeah, it, it leaves the club in a better position financially and potentially obviously holding on to a player of his quality um, but yeah as I said it, you know, if a, if a team comes in with the, the right valuation whether it's in a year or three years yeah. a player can still leave of course
0: Now I don't think they'll, they'll necessarily if he hasn't signed one by the end of the season be desperate to say oh Ruben Evers is leaving the club but you can understand with the contract offer on the table, if it does go, in, I think it's probably more likely to go into the summer or start of the summer. But they will want to to tie him down because that two years left on his deal after this summer, that is the sweet spot, Liam. Whereas if if you think that Ruben Neves is not going to sign a new contract or an extension, I can see him leaving the club uh, because that's where Wolves are still going to get very good value for for a player. Um, and like you say, he's going to be inundated with offers. Scott Sellers knows he's going to be inundated with offers, as to, as does you know, Wolves as a, as a football club. And it will be, come down to the player. It will come down to the... I mean, the relationship he's got with the fans and with the club is is unbelievable. I think that helps Wolves more than, than maybe um, you would imagine. Uh, he loves the city. He's, he's built a family here. And he genuinely loves being in Wolverhampton. He loves being the main guy. Now, it will be up to him to say whether he wants to now kick on. We all know Ruben Neves. I mean, he came from Champions League football. He can go back to be playing Champions League football for bigger clubs than Wolves, let's be honest. There will be bigger clubs than Wolves that will be in for him this summer. And it's up to him now. And it's got to be personal as well as, well as professional as well. And I think that ties in with it. I wouldn't rule out Ruben Neves signing a new contract. And it's great that you've had this kind of exclusive, that the, the contract's on the table, that they're in discussions and that and that hopefully something can be done. Um but you've got to you've got to understand from Ruben's point of view as well that at the end of the summer he's got to assess it because this next move for him, if he doesn't, you know, in fact, move is a huge move in his career, and probably a career-defining one. Um, I hope he signs for Wolves, and I also hope, fingers crossed, that this injury doesn't curtail what we w- would love to see. If 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 in fact he he you know he's not with Wolves at the end of the season, I hope we do get to see him in a Wolves shirt again, and. That might play into a situation as well. If you know, if he's not signed yet, you know, does he risk himself for two more games? Because it is a huge, like I say, career-defining move. So he's got to get himself right as well. He's got to look after himself. I hope to God we see him before the end of the season, and let's hope he signed a new contract and we see him a lot longer. But um, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. And uh, appreciate you and appreciate Scott uh, get, uh, getting that kind of information out there. Hope you enjoyed that little snippet from this week's one and a half hour podcast. If you want to listen to the full version, make sure you go onto ACAST, download it from Spotify, iTunes, or any other good podcast platforms. And of course, you can click on the Express Star website and find it there. From me, from Liam, hope you have a great week. We'll see you soon.